Hello and welcome to The Ripper, The Teller, The Gremlin. It is uh, episode 32 and we'll get straight into our usual first segment of the news. So uh, first off, talking about something that we always talk about on this podcast, it seems, and that is Google and its Stadia uh, product. So recently it's hit the news um, alongside the Terraria developers. Now I've never played Terraria. I don't know whether either of you have played Terraria. No. no, I can't say I have. Um, I've always, I've always seen it though. Always seen it on on like Microsoft's homepage since like yeah, the same. Xbox 360 days. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it something that really reminds me of like a long time ago? And I know that it's still actually quite popular. Um, and, you know, it's it's a bit like kind of I'd say a, a bit more of a cult Minecraft in a way that like yeah. it's got this kind of following, huge that, niche following. Yeah, exactly. That that it's not quite as big obviously as Minecraft, but it still has that kind of huge following. Um, you know, to go alongside it. Um, but anyway, so what's basically happened is that Google has banned the CEO's Google account. Um, you know, and if you know anything about Google accounts, um, it means it's actually quite, you know, it's affected quite a lot of what he's probably doing. If he's using his Google account, um, you know, maybe even at work, mm. there's a lot of emails there that, you know, he would really, really like to have probably. Um, you lose things like your YouTube channel if he had one. Um, and all his purchases on the Google Play Store, which he said were a lot. Yep, as you can imagine, being a game dev, kind of you know, looking into these kinds of things, buying a lot of things, um, it's crazy, you know, just kind of banning them. And apparently, um, for three weeks, they actually gave him the runaround. They didn't really, you know, kind of help him in any way. They didn't, um, you know, he he obviously would have reached out to them, been like, why have I been banned? Because he claims that. You know, he, he hadn't breached any of their terms of service. He hadn't he hadn't broken any, um, you know, of the contract. So why, as a user, is he banned? Um, and after this kind of like three-week runaround, he's kind of, you know, got so mad. And I mean, I can agree, like, you know, I would be extremely mad as well. Being, Especially you know, for a partner. This yeah, guy exactly. is a partner. Like, yeah. And that, that's the thing is like, just, you know, you're, you're someone who is quite influential for your company you know you're, you're dealing with someone who who has a direct influence over stadia you want to be nice to these people you know you, you kind of look at the you know the way that you know xbox have been dealing with things and and kind of going out and actually um gaining their own first parties and things like that being like really nice to companies to get them onto the um game pass but mm. stadia doesn't really seem to be you know wanting to deal with the little man you know even though it's a ceo it's still just kind of a one-to-one basis um so he was so mad um, he's actually taken the decision to cancel the Stadia version of Terraria and he has stated that his company will never release um, any of their games moving forward on any Google platforms. So mm. quite a huge impact, really. Like yeah. I said, it, Terraria is one of those things that has quite like a huge niche following. Mm. Um, so to kind of instantly lose that because you as a company were incompetent and you didn't yeah. reach out and, to help you know, someone. Any future follow-ups or spin-offs, which will have a loyal fan base that would be interested in them, right, as well. They lose yeah. out on that as well. Yeah, exactly. And I just, you know, this just shows you, like, we talk about this a lot, the kind of, you know, how user-friendly these companies are. And we've, we've already said that we, you know, we really don't like the way Google um, handles kind of, the the community is in and, and mm. gaming in general and it's just really proving more to the fact that it doesn't handle its community very well it, it sees itself as this big giant that you know it doesn't have time to do yeah with these, they're just these people's google accounts it, it's it i don't want to say they're incompetent because i don't think they are incompetent i think they just don't care 
and yeah. it's it just astonishes me like like you say you look at how big microsoft is mm-hmm. and they even they i mean look we talk about it they make missteps and stuff and they uh, you know they're still a company at the end of the day but they generally try to to build this community between yeah. the devs the gamers and their ecosystem yeah exactly. google just doesn't understand any of this and it <laughs> blows my mind yeah the, you know the statistics center of the world doesn't understand you know how to actually do things well i suppose it's data versus emotion isn't it it's yeah. like pretty so, much so, so that's where they're falling short yeah and it just you know it goes to show you just how you know a little support would have just gone a long way yeah you know, all they had to do is fix his account for him yeah. not, oh this guy's like you know working on something for our platform let's sort him exactly. out <laughs> and then you don't, they no don't. like you think how many people work at google and you know you couldn't have just said to one person that you know had the expertise to be able to deal with the accounts yeah oh could you maybe sort this ceo's account out please yeah like, or even like if you said to him oh look sorry we, we're a bit you know we're, we're we've got busy. one guy on it um yeah. like it might take a while but he's on the case yeah but, exactly like what the hell but just for three weeks kind of being like oh yeah we'll, we'll get it sorted sure and they're not really doing anything it's ridiculous and it's you know google deserves this i i you know i see the resolution of him getting angry and saying you know that he's not going to release on their platforms it's kind of petty you know as, as like yeah. a company um but I think it's good. I think it, you know, it kind of slaps Google in the face and says, no, you can't just, you know, ignore the, you know, the people at the bottom of the chain just because one Google account, you know, doesn't mean much to you. It means a lot to the person who owns it. So you can't do that. You can't just, you know, give them the runaround. So it is a little bit petty from, you know, the the devs of Terraria, but at the same time, I also like it. I, you know, I think it's a, a nice resolution in a way to kind of hit Google and be like, see, see, <laughs> Yeah. this is what happens to you they need a good slap like just 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 like you know back to reality that's what they really need you yeah know? yeah so moving on um and the next thing we've got is is a bit more of a of a rumor a bit of a leak um and that is the leak of call of duty guerrilla warfare and i was actually saying before um we started recording this that i'm kind of like eh, on call of duty at this point i'm kind of like a bit meh um, Cold War was a bit underwhelming for me. You know, I, I've done my review on this. Um, it has Lots some of good people points. people very, very, are very, very keen on the campaign, though. Yeah, and I don't see why. Because <laughs> it literally, if you if you listen to the review, I I just talk about how it feels like every time it's built into something, it just falls flat. Yeah. And it yeah. feels so short lived, and it feels like yeah. every mission feels like it needs to have big set pieces. Did you um, did you feel Bradley like this, especially with Cold War? Did you feel like it got off to a really unique, great start? Yeah, uh, and then and then and also not you only did it die it. off, but also did you feel like it was the shortest campaign ever? Oh, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, that's what I mean by like die off as well. It literally feels like it got all these ideas built, and yeah. then it was like capitalized, done, 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 and yeah. credits. And, and like, you're like, and, whoa, and whoa, whoa, hold on. Uh, yeah, hold on. I, f- I feel like happened? I feel like take even, a step back quickly. Even yeah. though COD campaigns are never notoriously long, I feel like this was the shortest one I can yeah, ever. Yeah, I think I. So I normally take probably about six hours for a cog campaign yeah and this one had side missions and i took less than four i think it was yeah. and i like i took my time with it as well um you know i didn't really rush through it i was on veteran so i couldn't really rush through it um but i was just so underwhelmed like mm-hmm. because i was actually starting to really enjoy it and then it was just gone it was over and i was like that was so like it got towards like two thirds in and i was like okay you know this is getting quite good and then it's like 
oh, okay, here's, here's all the ideas that we had for this yeah. in one third of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And it, it was, you know, it wasn't bad. It was, it was decent. It just felt so rushed. It felt like, you know, from, from about two thirds in, I was just sat down and was like, right, you're going to watch all this and you're going to love all the ideas we had. And imagine if we did them properly. Well, and that's I'm, how it felt. I, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued because I'm, I'm looking, because a, a few of the reviewers I like said they really liked the story. Yeah, um, no, it is I'm, good. It's just uh, short. Yeah. Like, uh, for a card. Yeah, but I'm really like, I'm going to pick it up in the sale when it Definitely. goes down. Um, Definitely. I think you should. And then I'd love to do like a, a spoiler because that's why yeah, I'm trying to avoid. But that's, that's what, that's like... what I was just about to say. Like, and then, and then uh, we, I can come back and I'll say if I agree with you guys or disagree, mm-hmm. I, might, I might be a dark horse. I might be the one who hates COD the most out of all three of us, but I come in and I'm like, you know what guys? <laughs> you were Great, wrong. You're wrong. You're like the pacing like, was yeah. perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Isn't it, it is. You think, yeah, like, it was really good at points, and then you just think, but I, ju- I really liked I can't the way they were it. taking it and the way they were doing it. And I thought this is, is like the most intrigued I've been by Call of Duty campaign in a while. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, why did they do that? And then it was like, and then and then I just felt like it was just like, oh, and by the way, you're in the last mission now, and it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where there was, was the literally where, like where was the build up to the last mission? It yeah, was but, like you know, spoiler free. Be ready for that, Chris. When yeah, you do it just finally drops play it. on you. You're suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> the last mission and obviously you know cod last missions they're very like you know action packed yeah, yeah dramatic. super dramatic I know yeah. driving in kind of weirdly choice based as well yeah but they the, they mean nothing and that's the other thing that this is me. yeah so there's 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 like a couple of choices early on in the game and i was like oh that's quite cool and, mm-hmm. and i know that there's slight differences in the cutscenes um for some yeah. of the earlier choices and then you get to the sort of I would say the last three mission, three or four missions. And mm-hmm. then there's like a couple of minor choices again. And then there's one big choice. And the only difference in that choice is the end mission is different depending on which one you make. And other than that, there's not, not really any difference at all. Is there for the other ones? No, I, I like, have I you done like the big Bradley, choice? The, the big I haven't choice. actually done the other one. Oh, I, I have. I feel I like both. I had to go back and see. Just I feel like most people would pick one way though. The obvious, the yeah, 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 and it's like that's why I didn't go back. And I did. It, what's the other mission like? Is it good? Um, <laughs> it lasts <laughs> about two seconds. Uh, yeah, um, see, that's why I thought it um, would just be like a waste it's, of time. Without, yeah, that's what like it's. Um, it's a very short mission, uh, and it's kind of without. You'll know what I mean just by yeah. what, what happens in the other version. It kind of feels really wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> last, you know, you feel, you know, when you're doing something and you feel bad for Yeah. Them, and, and you feel like you're why, a bad person. Why yeah. Am I doing this? Yeah. That's how I felt. And when I finished it, I was like, I kind of wished I did it the other way around. Now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had to Insta karma. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got very sidetracked there. Yeah, so, um, point to... is, is, you know, COD's kind of been a bit of a, a hit and miss. I liked Modern Warfare, didn't like Cold War as much. Um, but so, you know, when we get a new leak again, you know, COD coming out every year is, is, you know, it's like the, the earth continuing to spin. It's just... yeah. It's also, I find it very exhausting. Exactly. It also so when... explains why I've not played one for years. Yeah. Like I, I would, you know, if COD went, oh, we're going to take three years break. We're like, oh, well yeah, done. You'd be excited again for it <laughs> yeah. to come back, wouldn't you? But you know, you look at the sales charts um, and that's not in today's news, but yeah, you know, it's just a cash. Cod was the top again, yeah, top of, of January for the world. Like 
it, it's yeah, it's just it. They could release the most rubbish, unpolished turd of a game, and mm-hmm. it would still be top of the charts. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know that's why they're not gonna just take their time with it and do it like the long way. Um, so you know this leak came out, and um, basically it's, it's for Call of Duty: Guerrilla Warfare, and um, it's actually indicated that it will be set in the 1950s Korean War, and. Uh, we were talking about this before and we actually think this could be something mm. really interesting because big it, fan of the Korean war. Yeah. Well, in like, you know, a historical, way, historical not in, context. In of, yeah. Not in terms of, well, love it's there. just, it, yeah, no, but it's just, it's such a tragedy because it's such a huge ground war. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, the scale is comparable to a lot of the battles in world war two, mm-hmm. maybe even bigger. Um, and it's just because of the bloodshed, because it's 1950 to 53, and it's yeah. only five years after this ending of World War II. So mm-hmm. the real reason it's forgotten is just really because... It, overshadowed. It, yeah, it was overshadowed. And also everyone was so fed up. They kind of just war. wanted to forget. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it, it blows people's minds when I talk to them and they're like, oh, only five years after World War Two. I always yeah. think it's like 20. No. Oh, yeah, same. And th- this is the thing that I was going to say is like, um, this is really exciting because we don't really talk about it and because we don't know a lot about it in terms of like, you know, someone, I, I've only grown up just kind of, you know, with minimal history. Um, and I obviously yeah, know a insane. lot about like World War Two and World War One but I don't know anything about mm. the Korean war. And it's, I think that's um, awful. It, really, It's a weird pendulum of a war because mm-hmm. you basically have um, the, um, uh, you have the North Koreans invade the South Koreans um, right. and decimate them. North comes in, absolutely smashes itself. Um, and then the UN uh, or NATO, I think at the time, NATO countries respond. So pretty much all of the allies I think I don't think the Americans get involved yet, but all of the so they we send do. troops. <laughs> the, the UK sends troops. France sends troops. Pretty much every other country. I, I think maybe the US has one division or something from Japan. Um, but literally, all of us go in and we smash North Korea back all the way to pretty much the border of China. Like it's a it, we decimate them. But then China gets involved with the war with an estimated 9 million soldiers and tanks provided by Russia. And they steamroll over the border and push us all the way back down to the south again. And then America commits with everything. And it's, it's <laughs> They love they, being the saviours. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it's a, and, it, and, and obviously more of the NATO countries committed more resources as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, so it's literally just you, there's a really cool, um, when, I, when I did it in history, it, we literally, I, they called it the, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the terminology, but it's literally just, it's just back and forth. There's this line and it's just like, they get involved. So it goes this way. We get involved. It goes this way. And it's just, <laughs> as the more troops get deployed, it's this real pendulum swing of, uh, you know, going across Korea. Mm-hmm. basically it's yeah. it's fascinating it's such yeah uh, and see that's the thing is it if it's done right which we know cod has in the past done you know these wars really well and they've kind of presented a, a side of war that you know that we don't like you know the gritty side and, and i always like doing that i like doing those missions where you you know you kind of question your morals um you know because it, it's more engaging it's more fun um in a way to kind of actually think about these things than just shoot people and just you know and i think that's again where cold war kind of had me when when i'd killed like my 
hundredth Russian of the mission. And I was like, <laughs> why am I doing this? And then like, there's no, there's no kind of depth to it. There's no, you know, kind of grit, but um, mm. they are good at that. And they have done that very well um, in the past. But um, as, as Chris has, you know, kind of pointed out with his knowledge, um, the, the title guerrilla warfare, if that is the correct uh, title, wouldn't really apply so much to this warfare. I mean, even I know that the, the guerrilla warfare um, kind Famously. of moniker, yeah, it's for Vietnam. Um, for later Afghanistan, like, it, Afghanistan. Yeah, and and for like for me, I would always associate the word guerrilla warfare with, or the words guerrilla warfare with Vietnam. Oh. But yeah, exactly. I mean, but, don't get me wrong. There there were instant instances of to- soldiers hiding in the long grass, mm-hmm. like whole platoons, and they because it was a huge tank war. Uh, and and airplanes as well um and they would have heavy ordnance have rocket launchers machine guns and they'd hide camouflaged in the tall grass mm-hmm. and you know blow up the tanks and attack the columns and stuff so there was that aspect to it but that's still kind of it's like a guerrilla aspect of inner ground war as yeah. opposed to hiding in the jungle and put, putting traps and picking people off like the Viet Cong did where the Viet Cong realised in Vietnam, oh God, we can't beat America in a pitched battle because the one time they tried it, they lost 50,000 men and America yeah. lost like 2,000. Yeah. Which is why it goes to the guerrilla warfare because they realise they can't hope to match America. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, the title might be misplaced. Again, this is all a leak slash rumour, so um, it isn't you know, a guarantee that... It could be a this... working title as well. Yeah, it could be. And also, do all of them need to have warfare at this point? <laughs> war. Yeah, advanced warfare, modern warfare. Infinite warfare. Modern warfare again. Warfare, 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 warfare. <laughs> so, yeah, that is um, all for my news. So, mm. take it away take it away jack um so i've got just a couple of small pieces of news today but nevertheless just as important um the first one is with regards to the last of us uh the tv series which um, i think everyone uh, amongst us is probably pretty excited for or yeah. anxious to find out more about um and it's hbo as well and I, I i love hbo's um mm. shows yeah and um, this one is regarding the casting and a big casting as well of joel uh, and it has been confirmed to be the one and only pedro pascal um mm. now mixed opinions um yeah. love he, pedro he's a great actor fantastic he's, actor very yeah, versatile yeah very charismatic as well and <laughs> do you know what it, i i really like him in everything he's in and mm. I think he's, yeah, very versatile as an actor. He steals the scenes and a lot of stuff. He, yeah, he does. Um, but I was shocked by the cast. I, I thought it was odd. I, yeah. Because they're so, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying top of my head I could think of someone better suited. But I definitely didn't have him in mind, like, as a potential no. runner for this character. I feel like he just doesn't really suit Joel. Mm. And I'm not saying he can't act like him, but I think it's just strange. I think yeah, but my thing mm-hmm. is, I, I don't get me wrong, I don't want to sound bad because I love Pedro Pascal. Mm. I think he's fantastic in everything I've seen him in. Um, mm. But that being said, I think this is awful casting. I yeah. generally dislike this decision because I just, I, and I know he can do an accent, he can do a, uh, you know, change it, and he's a, he's a very good actor, I'm sure he'll do it convincingly. But I just feel like it's like a, they've picked him because he's popular. As opposed to like gone for 
someone who matches the matches look and the, has the this gruff yeah, like yeah. and that that's kind of the thing for me is that i just feel like he doesn't really fit into many of those categories of that character um no. act acting wise or not um I just feel like there was probably a lot of better people out there that, that match that role. Mm. That or even like unknowns who probably yeah, could have yeah. smashed it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so it's a bit of an odd one because it's mixed feelings, really. Um, and, and obviously, while we're on the subject of Pedro, um, we've got to talk about the obvious, which is that um, he is the beloved Mandalorian. And the, the, the him working on The Last of Us TV series is inevitably going to impact mm. that show um, going forward. And, and Chris has actually put here that this could potentially be why um, we could, we're getting the book of Boba Fett um, as opposed to be, and them announcing yeah. another season. I mean, that, that, that's pure speculation. On yeah. Yeah. Part. Of course. Yeah. But it um, would make sense. But it if... would make sense. Cause, cause you know, it's not like what actors can do different movies within a year. Um, yeah. Cause of the way production sort of works yeah. with a TV show. They, tend to usually be like you know eight months at least shoots yeah. or maybe yeah. even longer like so to try for him to try he'd have to like do like one year at last of us one year yeah. at mandalorian like um so it will you know have some sort of effect on, on, on the yeah. show yeah and and obviously that's kind of it's there's there's ifs and buts to it as swings and roundabouts because it's um obviously with the mandalorian there's always the possibility that because he's in the suit the whole time, you could um, double that uh, uh, and then also mm. and then maybe get him to just do the lines, which yeah. would then free up a lot of time for him. But at the same time, I don't know if I feel if that's the same. I feel like mm. it should should be him um, regardless. Well, <laughs> a lot of um, I, I heard that in season two, he's more in the suit, but apparently a lot of season one, it was his stunt double in the arm. Oh, really? Yeah, right. um, and and a lot of people have sort of attributed his mannerisms um, a lot to the. They said, you know, this stunt double doesn't get enough credit for he, for bringing the Mandalorian to life. Yeah. Um, uh, but but don't be wrong. I'm sure Pedro Pascal. He's charismatic. He. Yeah. I, the thing is, I think they're a really good pairing together, mm-hmm. and I think from what people have said having them having the, the the stunt double do the more action heavy scenes yeah, and then yeah. having pedro do the more like intimate scenes mm-hmm. has worked really well for the show oh yeah sure definitely um so i don't know if it's and like you say you can because you could just have him do the voice lines and stuff yeah. um but the, you know the biggest test would be to watch it and then get told oh he wasn't on set was the voice lines and if you don't yeah. go oh i noticed yeah, then maybe then clearly it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is a shame because you want it to be this organic yeah. thing, but yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's not like uh, most of his lines are already pre-recorded because yeah, of the yeah, nature sure. of having the helmet yeah. on. Of course. Which I, I mean, yeah, I, I think more than anything, obviously the, I think more than anything that with this news piece, the concern is about the fact that no one, ex- I think, expected him to be cast as as Joel. Um, and I, I just feel like it's an mm-hmm. odd one, an odd choice. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't. I saw who was cast as um, as um, what's the girl's name? As uh, Ellie. Ellie, that's it. Yeah. Oh, but, she's she's a good little actress. Yeah, but but I because I didn't watch Game who of Thrones, cast? I don't really know her. Um, so I don't know her Game name, but she was. Um, she was one of the uh, lords of the north. She was a little girl actor. Oh, in Game little of bear! 
little bear yes (laughs) she's such a good little actress and she's actually grown up quite a bit since game of thrones (laughs) um so i mean she's charismatic my god Mm. she she stole those scenes in game of thrones yeah so if anyone could do ellie justice or a different interpretation of ellie yeah because they're going very young, which I appreciate. Mm. The worst thing I think they could have done would be cast like a twenty-year-old, or you know what Hollywood does, where it's like clearly yeah, yeah. a fully grown woman, yeah, yeah, trying to, to be younger. a teenager, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that they've gone young, and... like forty years old, like pretending to be a twelve-year-old, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> got a beard and like got a beard and grey hair. God damn it, Joel! It's like all those, um, it's like all those, like not another teen movie where they're like 26, 28 year olds all in high yeah. school, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so time will see, uh, tell what happens with the show and if it looks like it's going to be promising. But I'm, I'm excited um, yeah. for for its potential. I think it could be, um, could be brilliant. So, so we'll see. So Bradley, you were pretty mum there, but do, do you agree with us on the? Um, I don't mind it, but I'm always open minded. Um, yeah, I would yeah. have put in Troy Baker. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, of course, he deserves a, he, oh, he deserves a, a little bit Acting of a chance at, at, at the <laughs> at the real screen, right? Like, yeah. oh, he could have done. Like, you know, we know he could do the voice. I reckon like, he could have. He could have. You know, they they do the mocap anyway, so mm, he definitely has the mannerisms. And I stuff. always, um, I always geek out when because uh, I always occasionally watch like rubbish American law programs if they're just on. Like, you know, the really cheesy, like, yeah, low yeah. budget. And I was watching an episode of Law and Order, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. And they had Garris Vagarian. His, he was on it um, from Mass Effect. Oh, like nice. the actor, the actual yeah. actor. And he cool. was talking and I was just like, oh my God, he just sounds like Garris. But he was actually <laughs> really good. Um, oh. He played like a crazy guy who was like hallucinating and freaking out. But I was like, you know what? He's like, he's a better voice actor. Don't get me wrong. But he's still a good actor because like, st- a lot of the Mass Effect people were stage actors, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so they are still very talented people. Mm. And I think that's sad. I, I wish more voice talent got a chance Moved to, over to, yeah, to have yeah. a bit of a crossover and do something a bit different because yeah. a lot of them are so talented, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so wrapping that piece of news up and moving on, um, this is something which I personally feel quite sad about. Um, this is something that... And I'll explain my reasoning afterwards, but um, they're talking at the moment about the future of the E3 showcase um, and saying that they're not sure about how things will, if, well, if the showcase will continue in the same way at all, um, things going forward. Um, But however, uh, 2021's event is underway currently. Um, This for me personally is really sad because there's there's basically talks about how they they might not be doing the event in the same way anymore mm. and it might end up becoming there's quite a lot more, of reasons yeah for why they can't ex- exactly um but the before i go into those it's it's gutting for me because mm. i remember talking to bradley years ago and saying we need to go to e3 at some mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember it's like we need to go over to e3 and experience that and i remember every year getting so excited for e3 yeah, and bradley yeah. about it and saying like are you wait are you gonna watch it blah 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 blah. e3 like i mean i i generally kind of feel like it's gone it went downhill um yeah a couple of for the last couple of years yeah yeah but it was still every year i'd get really excited and be like to oh, see what e3, happens can't yeah, wait yeah. and i'd watch all the announcements 
and wait, wait to want to be there as well. Like, yeah, and the atmosphere was always it. great. And exactly. you'd see the guys wandering around playing like the, the mm-hmm. test demos they brought yeah. to the event. Yeah. And I'd always thought, oh, if I could go there, I could, you know, you, yeah, I, could, yeah. I could play them and stuff, you know? That's what me and Bradley used to say, was, honestly. So so for this is kind of, there's a couple of reasons, obviously, that they've gone into, which is why this, this could be happening. Um, so they've been moving more towards uh, the idea of doing like individual showcases um, for, for separate studios. Um, mm. Obviously, Ubisoft has already done that with um, Ubisoft Forward, Forward yeah. um, and uh, is that right blizzard as well have done well so. blizzcon's been around yeah, for, for, for 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 like donkeys yeah. hasn't it bradley oh yeah um but the, the, they do that and yeah. activision has shown interest in maybe doing, doing expanding that and and yeah. umbrellaing all of their stuff under it and doing their own like sort of showcase thing because blizzcon's you know still super super popular big event mm. and uh i mean <sighs> It's so also so Sony um, has seemed more content on doing the big show announcements and then um, saying that they're not too fussed about the marketing of the mm. games in big shows because yeah. Sony's kind of like big bang to show it off. Yeah. And then uh, leave it. And then kind of just, I they, they, at least this is what the Japan division sort of get at. Yeah. I think they kind of see that, that this aggressive marketing mm-hmm. as a bit of a waste of time Yeah, because they know their games are going to do well. I don't, I've sort of said, you know, the American division seems to have a different outlook on things. And we spoke last week about how the yeah. American division are, starting to exert more sort of um control yeah Uh, so maybe they'll have a different sort of outlook on things but that is Mm. kind of the traditional japan sort of um they've never really been that bothered about e3 they're kind of just like i'll have a trailer like and enjoy it well and this is kind of on to the next point of that is that so basically the the reason that they're obviously in the talks about the potential going forward of e3 as well is because um it's becoming increasingly hard uh, harder over the years to accommodate really the sheer number of games and companies mm, and give um, them that, the time that, you need and yeah all to, to organize everything and obviously because a lot of these companies eg like ubisoft and things like that obviously are now ta- either doing or talking about doing their own events other companies are inevitably going to follow suit and think well why don't we just do you know our own thing and then that kind of defeats the point of e3 mm-hmm. um, and i actually thought that when ubisoft forward did their first one i was a bit like because they they kind of did it off the back of e3 not happening last year and it was like yeah, you know, we're gonna do this instead yeah and it was like that's cool and everything but i would just rather see e3 where everything and all the big companies and all the big games get unveiled and there's and i, I just think for me, I'm personally more gutted just because I wanted to. I, I might have to try and get to E3 before they stop it, mm. um, just to experience I mean, it. you know, for the for the next couple of years, I'll be interested. We don't really have... We know that they're apparently going ahead this year, but we yeah. don't really know what they're looking at doing. And uh, from the sound of things, it sounds like this will be a digital year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this won't be like years of past. This, this will be an online event similar to Ubisoft Forward and similar yeah. to... Um, the Xbox One, yeah. and I, I generally think the the future of E3 really depends on how well that virtual event event does, because even you know once we get vaccine and stuff, and uh, well, we start getting back to some sense of normality, I still think things are going to be a bit different um, for a while, for you know maybe for at least the next two years. Um, so it's kind of like 
can it survive across all that change and all that difficulty and if it's not popular if it doesn't succeed if it's missing out game developers and they keep going well we're hosting our own thing because you showed assassin's creed but then all of ubisoft's other great titles kind of got pushed under the rug yeah because you didn't have time for us because you had to show this and you had to show this and you had to show this um, so I don't get me wrong. I love E3. I've I've always been an E3 fanboy. I've known people, but I don't get people who hate it. Cause I'm just like, it's just a game showcase, and sometimes it's not that great. But like, at least you get to see what's coming out. Um, but I am also I realize how big the game industry is, and I think these individual showcases are better for for smaller devs, especially like Microsoft, because they'll yeah. promote a lot of these little teams they have that make gems that would be completely forgotten and pushed to the wayside at an E3. You yeah. Know? So it's kind of this double-edged sword. Um, that I think there's some, some massive pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, that's all for my, uh, my news, unless anyone has anything else to comment, Bradley, on that. No. Hopefully you sad about it too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might be. Do, do you kind uh, of see what I'm saying with the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's, I think going forward it's... But it, it does feel like the end of an era. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that it's just kind of more than anything, I think I'm yeah, just I mean, being a bit selfish. I mean, it might see a revival. <laughs> it might smash out and then Microsoft and all the other places go, you know what? We're we cancelling our events. We're, yeah, bringing, well, we're going we're going hard in e3 but i'm not we'll quite sure i can't can't see no. that yeah well anyway that's all for for my news uh, this week so chris take it away oh okay well i'll start with me new movie news because it's been a while and this week i was really in a movie in a in a movie sort of mood because there's been some really good trailers this last couple of week uh, this last week Mm-hmm. and um it's got me very hyped and i'm very excited and i'm sitting here and i'm getting more and more angry that hbo max isn't in the uk it's like slowly boiling under my skin <laughs> and i will continue to make this point as i go through these two trailers so the first trailer we got which i'll be intrigued if either of you watched was the second trailer for justice league i did i did watch it Bradley's silence. I did not. He didn't. He didn't. Oh, no. Oh, well. Um, yeah, so, so we got the second trailer for it. Um, and it was cool. It came up, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, that was actually, that's actually the official title they've gone with. And it said HBO Max original. So it's original for the streaming service. We talked about it before. It's got runtime of around four hours, which yeah. is mind-blowing. Um, but I'm happy because at the end of the day, like it's his vision i'd rather see the whole thing than not mm-hmm. like and at the end of the day like I'll, I'll i'll sit there for four hours um but it's definitely like i understand why four hours turns some people off because that's not a very mainstream approach you know no like a lot of people will be like four hours but then <laughs> but but then that blows my mind people won't sit and watch a film for four hours but they'll binge watch a series for eight yeah i'm i'm see i'm one of them people I, I don't mind watching long films like long films don't bother me if it's a great film it's worth every minute of it mm. but um but i would happily I, if someone said to me sit down and watch this four hour film or binge watch this series for longer than four hours uh, like hour episodes i would rather do that i think yeah it's so weird though <laughs> yeah i know it's such a weird way of looking at things but yeah, so I'll go on to the, the details of the trailer, and I think this looks absolutely great. 
And it's really the movie that we should have gotten all along. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is what Justice League should have been. And, and the thing that blows my mind with a lot of it is a lot of the trailer, and Jack will be able to back me up on this, it's like, it's mm-hmm. it's weird because it's it's at the same time the same movie that we got, but also at the same time a completely yeah. different movie. Different movie. Yeah. It's so so yeah. because so much of it is similar to the to the Josh Whedon cut of Justice League. And yeah. there's so many shared shots, shared moments. Um but the extra stuff and the additional stuff and you know the change of atmosphere, the change of tone, the change of dialogue, yeah. the change of the color grade, the change of it it just it feels different. It it and even like the CGI, like he they it's all finished. Like the CGI yeah. in this compared to the CGI in the original released version of Justice League, my mm-hmm. God, it looks stunning in this. And at times yeah. in, the, in the original release of Justice League, it was God awful. It was like, how is this a, a, one of the most expensive comic book movies of all time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you're like, oh God, I can see why this was one of the most expensive comic book movies of all time, you know, to make. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's just, it, it looks beautiful. And the thing is, like, it, it, the problem with the original release of Justice League is it feels like people have joked it's Justice League. Like, like, <laughs> and the thing is, like, I always felt that movie was felt like a movie at war of itself mm-hmm. that didn't know what it was to be. And it kind of felt like a bad Avengers parody because mm-hmm. it felt like it was trying so hard to be Avengers. And that's fair enough because Josh Whedon made, made the first two Avengers. So he's not ripping anyone off. He's ripping off his own formula. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't work with these characters. It didn't work in this universe. It just, it felt off. And like, a, like I say, like it felt like an Avengers parody. I mean, I don't, did you guys see the original cut of Justice League? Did I did. The, I really didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't mind it, you know. I was I just used it as a bit of eye candy. But can you see and even what I then mean? it was a bit like average. Hurt your eyes a little bit. <laughs> and, and and even from this trailer alone, you can see how much more they've moved away from this this jokes and this this um, Avengers style feel for this darker, more you know, Snyder-esque movie. Because he's, you know, watch Watchmen. That is his sort of direct, watch 300. Mm-hmm. It's very overdramatic, but it's very gritty and it's very dark and it's very intense. That is the way the man directs his movies. Yeah. And I like that. I, I the, the, you know, the trailer opens with Superman's death. And, oh my God, you just, you feel the emotion. And the, and the thing is like, Superman dies and in Justice League, it's like hardly even acknowledged and he's brought back so quickly. And it doesn't Good. feel like there's any weight to, to it. Mm-hmm. But in, in even just in this trailer, he's like dying and he's screaming and it pans out and you see the destruction around it where he's dying. And it follows the shock waves, which is just him screaming. And it, it's like his scream is... Because, you know, obviously... It, I. He does this way of framing the character's powers that blows my mind. Superman is insanely powerful, right? And mm-hmm. it's just the idea that this guy screaming out in pain would cause this shockwave effect 
and you can hear his scream like moving through the wind like moving along as like a force wave and you see it in the trailer and it looks stunning and it's and it's dark and it's really sort of emotionally intense yeah to watch a beloved character like suffer like that yeah um which was something that failed in the original because it lost that that weight that it needed Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so, and like we say, we talked about this before, more character moments. We get loads of new cyborg stuff in the trailer. We get loads of new flash stuff in the trailer. Like yep. it generally looks like each character gets a decent amount of screen time gets there. You know, it's not just Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman and the rest turn up. It's like everyone gets a fleshed out role, which is what the movie needs. Yeah. And there's also three aspects that are really exciting um one is uh, a, a more in-depth look which we saw in the trailer and has been confirmed of the uh, original invasion of dark side um mm-hmm. it's rumored to be a 20 minute flashback sequence where the greek gods the ancient atlanteans and the ancient kings of men go to war against dark side's first invasion cool and um, in the original cut, it was like maybe a two-minute sequence, but but they said they shot this huge Lord of the Rings style, like insane, uh, you know, the Greek gods and the Atlanteans and fighting the armies from Apocalypse and beating them back. And I'm like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. And the other aspect is the alternate future scene, which we saw in Batman v Superman. It was teased. And then it was always kind of like it was. That teased. felt oddly placed. Yeah, exactly. Because it was like a, it was like te- it was teased. But I think again, Batman v Superman was meant to have. He filmed like again, like four hours, and they cut that movie down to like two hours. If you mm-hmm. get the extended cut, it's two and a half hours. Um, Still so, not four though. <laughs> yeah, so that's the problem. If you cut someone's vision out, of course it just feels stitched on. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what it feel. That's what it feels like. There wasn't enough mm-hmm. context, so yeah. I'm hoping that at least with this four hours, he has enough time to delve back into that sort of nightmare. And we get a couple different shots of it in this trailer with Batman walking across this Mad Max destroyed Earth in this big leather duster with an assault rifle. Like <laughs> it's just mad, and I love it. It's so cool. And the best bit of the trailer, Bradley, is mm. right at the end. Um, Agreed. Oh yeah, New Jack would love this. <laughs> you hit, so the trailer ends. Uh, it's you know traditional, and it cuts. Yeah. It comes up Zack Snyder's Justice League, and you hear. Um. Well, what's, what's the line, Jack? Can you remember the line? Oh, because I don't I mean, want to get it wrong. He no, goes. Um. He says. <laughs> oh, it's something along the lines of "We live in a society." that has oh, lost all semblance of honor and meaning. And you kind of, it's this very dark, raspy, um, powerful voice. And you see it from behind and there's this guy sitting there talking to with Batman a with a SWAT, a SWAT vest on and yeah. some guns. And he turns his head round and goes, isn't that right, Batman? And then it's Jared Leto's Joker in the alternate oh. future. And he's got this long, luscious, green hair yeah. and he looks the makeup 10 times well, better than he ever looked in suicide squad oh and, okay and the way he spoke the way he delivered his lines 
literally I watched it and I went, Oh my God, that is his, I, I, it, that one scene made me do a 360 on his Joker and really? go, Jared Leto is a great actor and he just didn't get his chance to shine as the Joker. Oh, Literally, watch the trailer after this, Bradley, and see if you agree with me next week. But that one moment, I was like, oh, oh, okay, I really <laughs> like this. Like, and I was looking at him, and I was like, damn, like, there is so much potential there from Jared Leto to be, do you agree, Jack, to be yeah. this amazing duck? And I can't wait to see Batman. And it's also because he's, he's talking to Batman because we know in the future Batman's thrown all his rules to the wayside like he's running around with guns he's killing everyone he's just he's just good or bad he's just he's, killing <laughs> yeah he's just gone crazy right he's just he's just he's actually past... a mass murderer now <laughs> yeah exactly he has no morals anymore because it's a wasteland and it's this idea that joker without a society to be the joker in to be a madman in what does he become he actually becomes an asset to you because he's just a a madman you've taken away his very reason for existing the society <laughs> like right he can't cause anarchy he can't cause this because it doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. so if anything that's such an intriguing story aspect to have them team up and have him be part of batman's future resistance mm-hmm. i'm like whoa it's, it's so cool it's amazing <laughs> honestly it's so exciting um and we also, we get a, uh, a slight glimpse of the redesign of Steppenwolf. He looks so much scarier, so much bigger, so much stronger. He doesn't look like this weird creep. He looked like a weird alien man thing. But now he just looks like an alien. And I'm like, <laughs> well done. You, you've, you've completely redeemed the way the character looks. We saw Darkseid, which is the big bad of DC. We mm-hmm. saw his, his homeworld apocalypse. There's a shot of it and all his troops standing there. And you see Steppenwolf reporting to Darkseid. And I was like, oh my God, like th- that was just completely cut from the Josh Whedon version. You know, like, yeah, it just it feels like a complete movie that has so much interesting things going on within it. And mm-hmm. I just can't wait to watch this vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I, I won't. Go, do you have anything to add, Jack, or or anything? No, I, no, it's it's really weird. All I would say is that it looks like the same movie, but completely different. And and it's weird how different it looks. Like even though it's still technically the same movie, um, and and I was watching the trailer and I was noticing so many differences from like mm. the original one. Even like the finished CGI and stuff. It just looks yeah, it looks all round more polished. Um, but and there's definitely a lot more to it, like substance to what's going on and stuff. Um, obviously. Jared Leto's Joker is going to be great to see him get this more of an opportunity. And, and I've seen a couple of like images released of him and stuff and it, it, he looks a lot more menacing and it's like a lot. I, I think this will kind of do a flip for a lot of people because I felt really sorry for him anyway, mm. because I feel like he, he got was, really he was shafted with what he was told to do in mm-hmm. um, Suicide oh, Squad. He, they they and, cut out half an hour of his footage yeah. in Suicide Squad. And, and this is the thing is that even if you look at, the way that he looks in this trailer versus the Suicide Squad Joker. The design is so much better. It is, but at the same time, I feel like if they'd have put him with this this design in Suicide Squad, it wouldn't have matched the tone of Suicide Squad because Suicide yeah. Squad is such a cartoony sort of, you know, this dark but comical movie. And I think because of that, 
this will kind of give people some real depth as to how good of an actor he actually mm. can be. And, and he I said think, he loved coming back to do it, yeah. to reshoot it. And yeah. I was like, oh, come on. This guy, he got so upset with how everyone mm. hated him for this yeah. role. And he's such a nice, he comes across as such a nice really guy. Really nice guy, yeah. Um, and you know he's 50 years old as well. Oh, he's amazing. He does looks not look like he's in his 30s, yeah. What? I thought um, he was. <laughs> I thought he was as well. Um, it's mad, isn't the it? One, I've got one final comment to make about it, and this is going to probably upset a lot of people, and maybe even you, Chris. But I watched the trailer. I took in. I appreciated. I I love the Joker look and everything, but I some reason still cannot be excited about it, and I don't mm. know what it is. But I'm not sure That's why. Fair. I just have this weird. I I think it's sort of like a. Um, apprehension maybe yeah maybe but i i know this is going to be better than the original cut um <laughs> but the might. thing for me is i know you really like watchmen yeah and, and this, this is going to be more closer in that sort of to yeah, watchmen. yeah yeah but I, I will watch it obviously um but yeah it was just a weird it's like a gut thing it was uh, i mean i i still think watchmen is uh snyder's masterpiece like just kind of i think i'm telling myself want to enjoy it yeah it is yeah hmm. <laughs> anyway that's all i have to say about it yeah, but does that made you excited, Bradley? Made you want to watch the trailer, or are you? you yeah, not really that bothered. No, I'll watch the trailer eventually, or I'll you just went, watch it when it comes out. You went, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I like, can't see you setting aside four hours of gaming time, Bradley. No, I can't oh no, we that. we watch a film every night, so we just have oh, to there you go then. Wait, uh, but have you got time for four hours? <laughs> sure, we'll just stay up. Like it'll be on a weekend. I'll just sleep less. How does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'll move away from that and I'll move on to my second trailer I want to talk about this week. Um, so I'm going all in in the movies. Um, we got a second trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong. And anyone who's watched the podcast before knows I'm, I'm very excited about this. I've said before, you know, I'm not expecting an Oscar-worthy movie. I'm just expecting a really fun monster mash movie, you know? Yeah. Where you have the classic, they fight for a bit and then they're friends. Oh, they even fight for a bit and then they're friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Batman v Superman. And it's funny that that both the versus movies are coming from Warner Bros. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, we got a second trailer for it, and this was actually via Instagram. And oh my god, the um, second trailer is astonishing. Um. The second trailer had me so excited um, because the first trailer has this really weird sort of, and I enjoyed it. It had this really weird um, music choice that was really, it was like, here we go. And it was like really like upbeat and kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. Just, it, it kind mm-hmm. of didn't really fit with the theme. It kind of was just like, hey, here's two monsters smashing each other. Let's have this energetic, <laughs> crazy music, right? Um, whereas this second trailer has this much more somber, much more sort of um, music that I feel fits more within the thematics of the film, right? Uh, which was one, a good plus for me, even though I enjoyed the silliness of that first trailer. Um, mm-hmm. But this second trailer was way more emotional. At least I felt way more emotionally invested in this. And Jack talked, I think maybe last week, yeah. the week before when we talked about this, Jack said, oh, I can't watch this because I get too upset at them hurting each other. And it's funny he says that because this second trailer is basically King Kong getting beaten, the Everlit and getting beaten up to with an inch of his life from Godzilla. Like this 
last time we watched the first trailer, everyone was like, oh, can't believe King Kong beating up Godzilla so badly. Can't believe they nerfed Godzilla. And then this trailer comes <laughs> out and everyone's like, oh God, I hope Kong's okay. Like, like I feel, I feel bad for Big Monkey. Like, <laughs> literally, I, I, I saw so many comments of people just like, I went from the first trailer of, oh, Godzilla seems unpower- underpowered, to this trailer, like, oh God, leave Kong alone, stop bullying him, because you know it's it's a giant prehistoric silverback versus basically a giant walking power plant, nuclear power plant. Yeah, that ha- that is scale scaly. <laughs> Um, and spicy oh my, iguana oh my god he absolutely this trailer is just Kong getting demolished left right and centre and there's a couple shots where he looks like tired and emotional and the little girl has an interaction with him and she's like trying to tell him to get up and I was just like oh god I hate this like I, I'm enjoying it so much but I'm also like I was so emotionally invested in what was going on and I think a lot of that goes to the, how good the CGI is and how mm-hmm. I think great Kong's facial animations are and design, because mm-hmm. you feel you. It's weird. He's a giant gorilla, but you kind of feel all these emotions. <laughs> yeah, and that's I've... so bizarre to say. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. Is that fair? Um, I definitely won't be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe if I may, maybe let me watch it, and then if, and if then it has a happy ending, Jack. Then you can watch it, yeah? If they both become friends, then let me know. <laughs> uh, but I can't wait for this film. I'm so excited. Because one, I think it will have an underrated emotional undercurrent. And two, I just want to see these two giant behemoths fighting. I just, I think it'd be amazing. And I'm, I'm, you know, I love the old King Kongs. And I, you know, the Peter Jackson movie. And I mm-hmm. absolutely love Godzilla. I, lo- I even love the 90s one that everyone hates because it's completely inaccurate to Godzilla as a character. And it's just the Americans like decide to shoot him and then he has loads of little kids within a skyscraper for some reason. And then they <laughs> kill them all. It, it's a weird film, but I, I grew up with that film. I love it. And then I really enjoyed all the rebooted Godzilla movies. Um, and like I say, I just... the C- I don't think I've ever seen CGI that looks better it just looks so convincing, you, you know? And I, it blow, I blows my mind how talented these CGI artists are and how far CGI has come since like the early 2000s. Yeah. I think, I think if anything, because I know this film will probably get bad reviews, but like I wish critics were a bit more like, gave a bit more praise to the visual effects artists and people who pour hours of their life making this state-of-the-art beautiful thing um, that is, you know, <laughs> is art come to life uh, that yeah. looks almost lifelike. Like, it's astonishing, even from that aspect alone. Um, but yeah, so if you couldn't tell, I'm very excited for both of these movies. Mm-hmm. They're both coming out on HBO Max very soon. So Justice League is the 12th of March and I think Kong is, I don't think they've really got a release date for Kong yet, but they're both coming to HBO Max for all the subscribers. And you can understand I'm very stressed out and angry, especially for the Snyder Cut, because I need to watch it on the 12th of March. And HBO Max doesn't exist in the UK currently. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and it doesn't look like they're, gonna be here anytime soon because of like all these weird distribution deals that they had previously that's kind of affecting them from actually like opening 
it in different places in the world. It's like they have deals with like the BBC and loads of other different like British companies. So they can't like dissolve it or they have to like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. So I will be watching it them somehow. I refuse mm-hmm. to give up. Even if I have to download NordVPN for like a couple of days and pretend <laughs> I live in America and then download HBO Max, maybe that'll work. We'll give that a go. <laughs> and then I'll have to unsubscribe from them both. Um, there you go. I just I gave some free advertisement from NordVPN. So if you'd like to sponsor the show NordVPN, <laughs> send us a message. Wow. Shameless plug. No, no one sponsors this show. Don't worry. That was just you know unintentional advertisement. It's a good hmm. service though. I will say that. <laughs> but anyway, so I'll move on to my last bit of news this week. And that's a load of um, Halo news updates. So if anyone knows, I spoke about the the uh, last, I think it was season six or maybe season five, which was the last season of MCC that just came to us. Mm-hmm. Or the current season, I should say. Um, yeah. And I've been having a blast with it. It's really fun. There's new armors, I think I've told before, for Reach and for Halo 3. And um, it's just, it's, you know, it's just really good fun. It's just fun to play the game and have a purpose because your purpose is now you can play it and unlock this new stuff, right? You're not yeah. just, I mean, obviously it's fun to play it for fun, but it's always nice to play a game and is have it, a reward. Is it fun to play for fun, Chris? <laughs> well, I think it is. I, I, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy the classic sort of halo experience every now and then. And it's nice because the MCC is fun because one evening I can jump into halo one, one evening I can jump into reach one evening I can jump into free and they're such different experiences that it's kind of refreshing and it all feeds into the same customization and the same level up system. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're segmented off and that's really fun because I can basically pick any part of the collection I want and just level up from it. Even you level up from doing the campaign now, which is something I always wish they had in reach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can't fault them at all and they've been great. And they mm-hmm. talk, talks about how the next update will have new multiplayer maps for halo three which were based on old Halo 3 concept art, which is fun. Uh, the guys who are obviously doing the content are just having a lot of fun with it. They're just like, what else can we do? And this is great because they're literally just examining, you know, different Halo games and going, well, what can we do? Why don't we do this? Yeah, go on then. And they make it. And I, <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. I've t- talked before. It's such a beautiful way to keep this game collection alive and keep it fresh. Um, and, you know, like we said, they don't have to do this, but they want this to be a fun platform for, for, for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've sort of said that also we're going to get a custom game browser um, coming to the MCC. And for anyone who's unaware, a custom games browser, there's one in Halo 5. And it basically works by, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a browser and then you choose a load of different options and then it will bring up a load of servers. So you could search for infection, uh, for example, and then it will bring up a load of different custom made, like this is like um, what people have made, what people have made in Forge and, and other mm-hmm. other programs. Cause you can actually, um, a few of the ones in Halo 5 were like made externally and ported to Halo 5 um and then uploaded to this and then you there was a whole cops and robbers one where you could rob banks and stuff and it was hilarious in halo (laughs) 5 um so there's stuff like that 
and it's basically just custom games, but with a match made make uh, filter for you to search for stuff. So it opens up a huge because you know people love custom games. It's a huge thing in Halo Three, mm-hmm. uh, with yeah. in Halo in general, and to make that multiplayer, to make that an open like open service and stuff. That's just mad. That just opens a whole new area of the game for people just to have fun and mess around. And I can remember, I'm pretty sure I even played with you you and Jack um, in custom games in Halo 3 back in the day. I was going to say, yeah, Halo 3. Like playing all the different infection game types and like <laughs> all the like different racing ones and... And mm-hmm. you'd have the zombies that were going like super speed with gravity hammers and you'd be driving away in the warthog like, oh my God, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're great things. And the thing that makes this even more exciting is they've said that they're looking into modding support. So obviously since um, MCC came to the PC, there has been mm-hmm. a lot of mods for it, but they haven't been through like modding tools that the developers have released, yeah. uh, which obviously makes modding a lot easier, right? A lot more accessible. Um, like one thing some of the modders did uh, was they changed the warthogs to Thomas the Tank Engine and it is the most amazing thing like they do the final warthog run in Halo 3 in Thomas the Tank Engine and I was like I just mods are just great they're just it's so silly it's so stupid but why would you not want to do this mm-hmm. I mean I get purists exist but I'm always like I, I, I love the pure experience but I'm also for like a bit of fun every now and then like yeah you if you can have both why not have both yeah exactly um but yeah so so the potential they've said they're looking at doing mod support and releasing modding tools means that the custom browser is going to become even crazier because people can put these modded maps these modded game modes these modded assets onto the custom games browser and uh, and people have said oh how is this going to work because you know copyright and all of this stuff but Microsoft have already done this with um, Fallout 4 and Skyrim. You can There's mods on Xbox. You can download them for 4 and for Skyrim and play them, and it's fine. There's certain ones that I think um, they remove if there is like copyright issues. Like uh, a load of Dragon Age um, mods got removed from Skyrim because they technically used assets from the Dragon Age games, and that's a whole legal sort of situation um but most of the time these modders make these assets themselves like they just make like a thomas the tank engine skin and then you just like import it and you have a laugh Mm -hmm. so hopefully eventually they add this and that would make the custom games browser even more crazy and it's just i just i just i love everything microsoft's doing and I think bringing mods to, to to the console players, which Microsoft seems more and more keen on, is yeah. just such a great... Again, we talk about it. Mods are all about community. Mods are all about giving the players freedom and choice to go crazy. And for mm-hmm. Microsoft to encourage that, I just think it's amazing. And especially considering mm-hmm. Sony, um, you know, they did allow mods on, on, on Skyrim and Fallout 4 but you're not allowed anything that really interferes with the code. You're not allowed anything that imports foreign assets. So the mods on Skyrim for the PlayStation are so basic. They're basically just like script mods and mm-hmm. mods that affect stuff that's already in the game. You can't import new assets or new armor sets or new weapons through mods in on, on PlayStation because Sony doesn't allow it, um, which is 
kind of stupid because it's like yeah. you've allowed mods like just chill out like <laughs> they kind of half committed to it whereas microsoft are like all in and bethesda love mods as well and they're just like yeah let's just have fun and mm-hmm. I think it's just such a great way to take your company. And I don't know if you guys have much experience with mods. No, I'm 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 in the kind of the you know the the group of play the core, core experience. Mm. So I'm quite like I normally avoid mods because I'm in my head it's like it's not how the developers intended it. I know they're really fun and there's some really funny ones as well, like the you know like the Thomas the Tank Engine one. But I've always been like. I will stay true to the core experience because mm. I'm so vanilla. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, they are the really thing, cool. The, 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 my one of my favorite mods of all time is um, Ultimate Apocalypse, which is right. a mod for the original Dawn of War. So the original Dawn of War is like a maybe 12 year old game, maybe even older, mm-hmm. but it's the best 40k strategy game ever made, in my opinion. Um, and this mod is still worked on today. They still release updates and it's been worked on for like eight years or something. Wow. Um, and it literally, they've even done a patch where they, cause the game's so old, it would spaz out after four gigabytes of Ram on your computer. <laughs> so they released a modded patch that would push it up to 16 gigabytes of Ram, um, which would basically allow you to have an extra, like a hundred units on screen. Yeah. I was going to say that's a big jump. Yeah, so it's so basically it's it's mad. They, they it's it's more like a remaster than um than a mod because cool. it adds in super units, it adds in titans, it adds in different factions, it adds in all these custom and and the thing is most of them fit in like a hundred percent with the base game, and to a lot of people it's like more po- I think it's more popular than Dawn of War three. So this random mod for wow. the first Dawn of War is more popular than the last installment of Dawn of War, um, which should probably tell you a lot about how much passion these mods people have and how, how hard they've worked on this mod, right? Um, so I just generally think mods are a great thing. And my experience with mods is I tend to play with them and then I delete them and I go back to the vanilla experience. Because for the most part, unless you're doing complicated mods where you're editing files... Um, most mods uh, like Ultimate Apocalypse, you install it all, it's straightforward, you unzip a few packages, and then you just delete those packages. And then it's back to the, you maybe have to reinstall the game, but then it's just back to the vanilla experience. Um, I think mods, as time goes on, get more and more accessible. And I just think they're a great thing for, for gaming. But I understand why you'd want the vanilla experience. But I think for something like Dawn of War, which is a dead game, and <laughs> has been a dead game for like 14 years. Um, the then a mod for it that gives you new content all the time is pretty wicked you know Mm -hmm. i don't know about jack though you had any exposure to this world jack um i i'm one more one of the people i don't really tend to end up with playing mods um, but i enjoy watching people who mod things and i like i find them really funny like i don't you're in my kind of camp funny mods are great no, I just never really would. I, to be fair, yeah. obviously, I don't really ever look into it or anything, but I've seen some hilarious mods in my time, but I just never really played them myself. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I think they're great for people who just enjoy having a mess around or trying something different or whatever. But um, but yeah, I just don't really do it myself. But yeah. <laughs> right, and uh, before we move on, the last bit of uh, Halo news. So that was all very positive. That was all very fun. But we did get some bad news as well as a result of this. So... It has been confirmed that Halo Wars as a franchise is basically dead. 
Um, there are no plans for the next installment of the game. So there's no mm-hmm. current plans for Halo Wars 3. No! <laughs> um, which is me very sad because I'm a huge... Uh, I love the Halo Wars games. Uh, you know, I love I loved Halo as a license long before Halo Wars was a thing. And mm-hmm. if anyone knows, I love strategy games. So I remember as a kid when they announced they were going to do a Halo strategy game, I was like, oh my God. And then... You know, I played both of them and I love both of the entries in the series. Mm-hmm. They're very straightforward strategy games. They're not hard to get your head around. Yeah. They are... Um, Console games. <laughs> yeah. But I don't... People sometimes, uh, you know, take a dump on them for that. And I'm like, no, but sometimes it's No, they nice. do it fantastic. Yeah, they do well. it so well. Like, um, you, I, you know, you don't think it's possible to have a console RTS and then that comes out and you're like, oh, actually... It does work. And it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And it's simple. It's I've not... never played it, but I know that they have like really decent and that they have really good campaigns. Mm. And don't get me wrong. like The cutscenes. Uh, yeah. Oh, Blur. Blur did the cutscenes mm-hmm. and uh, they're astonishing. Um, I, I could fang it for both games. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> they're just, they're so good. Um, but yeah, so, so sadly, um, no third entry and all the devs who were working on bug fixes and balancing patches and stuff like that they've now been mm-hmm. pulled so it's no longer going to get any more updates or patches um but they've been pulled to work on master chief collection so mm-hmm. while this is sad um you know it was a game that uh, many people loved and it had a huge uh community who loved it but they were never particularly successful games um yeah in terms of sales and stuff they were very niche and at the end of the day if this means we get better updates for master chief collection and we get more people working on it and um you know obviously that will lead to, to better things for it i think mm-hmm. that's good because to be honest like as much as I, I i'm sad there's no support it was only bug fixes and and balancing stuff like at the end of the day i think i'd rather have more people working on mcc yeah than just some bug fixes every now and then yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that that was it. A bit, a bit of very positive news for Halo and a bit of very sad news for Halo. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the end of my news for this week. Okay, so I believe we're moving on to our review segment. And I'm the only person with a review this week. Um, I've had loads of reviews for ages, but... Every you time rattling them off. Yeah, I'm like, right, so you ready to sit through ten reviews? You just um, <laughs> I love how in the time me and Jack play like a game, Bradley's like done like ten. It's actually kind of sad, efficiency. isn't it? Like the amount of games he gets through, like as in not sad as in sad that he gets through them all, but sad that I don't get through that many games that quickly. Like you you're so efficient with your yeah, exactly your playing. And like I'll be playing a game <laughs> and I'll think I'm playing it pretty constantly. And then then when I find out you've played <laughs> ten, I'm like, this game's moving long, like that I'm playing. And I'm that, like that oh. is like the thing though, is like when when I do get home from work, it's like, right, you know, shower, eat dinner, games. <laughs> And that's like it for the evening. I'm like such a sad over So on a normal night, what time do you get home? Uh, about half four. If, um... And then, so then what time are you on, on, on playing? Like what time do you start? Playing? Oh, I'll be Probably. done like with everything by half five, get, you know, less than an hour. And then it'll be half five <laughs> till nine. Till nine. And just playing. And then at the weekends, it's like, you know, eight till nine. <laughs> oh my God. That's <laughs> like, like old school. How, exactly. I, 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 I don't even die. do that anymore. <laughs> I wished I could. I've got stuff to do, man. No, I no, I, I clear everything, you know. You just, clear your schedule. I just, yeah, I do everything at work and never take work home with me. And just, oh, 
you know, it's the only thing that keeps you sane when you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair play. But go yeah, on, give so, us your review. So you? basically, um, you know, this my review segment has just turned into like what Souls like and my reviewing of the week. Um, because I'm just so into them at the, I've just gone through that phase again. I hadn't played them in a while, and I was just like, right, Souls like time, and you know, I play Hollow Knight, and that's obviously technically class Souls like. Uh, talked about Blasphemous. I'm like, I've been playing loads of them nonstop. And um, the the game that I kind of, I already had, and I got it probably about a year or two ago, um, and that is Neo. And um, as Jack did know, he couldn't remember what it was called, but he'd seen he'd seen me play it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's called Neo. And it came out in 2017 um, on PlayStation. It's actually a PlayStation exclusive. Um, so it's actually a, a game that PlayStation has been willing to share in a way. Um, but... It's it's a game that I, I actually stopped playing for a long time. And that's because it's it's very heavy and it can be very bloated. Um, so it is, as I said, a Souls like. Um, so you know you're you're talking rock rock hard difficulty, um, just kind of like the same kind of progression. Lots of like basic enemies that are still difficult, and then just bosses. Um, but it does so much to differentiate itself that I think um, it really doesn't fit the Souls like formula in many ways. So whereas um, kind of souls like have this really interconnected world, um, Neo goes for a very traditional level system where you kind of load into a level and then, you know, just do the whole level, finish it. And it will be like, yeah, you finished the level next level and there's no connection. Um, and at first I didn't like this, you know, I'm very used to the, the souls like way of kind of everything linking and it never kind of, you never load in Dark Souls or any Souls like, you kind of just go through the whole world and apart from um, maybe loading into cutscenes or something ridiculously small like that. Whereas this obviously was, you know, it was a completely separate thing, but it actually works really well for itself because you get these like very varied environments that can suddenly change because you can just, you know, do a level in one place and then go completely across, um, you know, Japan. I mean, it is all set in Japan. Um, to another place like you go from like dungeons to snowy mountains and you don't have to necessarily have any link because you know that's the way it is so it's kind of like it stands in, in its own way it breaks its formula so as, as i said it's set in japan and um it is a game where you play um with very kind of samurai combat um and i actually said earlier um i was talking about the game and i i, I was watching um some sekiro gameplay because i was just like Ooh, I, yeah. that's what i do that's what i do in my spare time just like you know watch other games again. i still get salty um, just quickly there was that lunar sale and most yeah. games were 75 percent off sekiro was still 32 pounds no they they one they warrant it two it's because like i said what they do is they reduce um their previous games by a lot and their most current game they leave quite highly priced and then as I know, so if you wait but till... i'm still upset because no I it. no it's worth it it's 100 worth it um <laughs> Because of like, it's also the content you get. You get so much in, in those types of games. But anyway, so I was actually looking at Sekiro and I went, it's actually ridiculous how different Neo feels to Sekiro and how different both of them feel. Like, not that I've played it, but just from look, and I'm sure Jack would agree, um, to Ghost of Tsushima. And it's, it's weird that you could have three games with almost the exact same setting. You know, it's all very samurai and ninja based. Yeah, yeah. And have just the complete, you know, opposite feeling at each end. Um, and 
I love like the two that I've played, and I know I love Ghost of Tsushima. Jack knows I love Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, but um, the two that I've played, I've absolutely adored. And I love that they're so different. Um, you know, it's just everything from look to the feel to the combat. Um, so Neo in its souls, like combat, is really fun. It's it's very very fast paced, um, and it has some really cool like tech that you you know you, you have alongside it. So. Um, Basically, it kind of follows that same tradition of, you know, like kind of these lock-on combat. Um, you, you know, you often take 1v1s, things like that. Um, there's blocking, there's parrying, um, there's, you know, dodging. The, the, the typical Souls-like combat with, with stamina. Um, but then they add these really cool twists. Um, and one of them is the idea of having uh, different, like, uh, stances. So you can have a higher stance, a mid stance, and a low stance. And you can actually put your sword away which sounds weird, but you can actually do some really cool abilities with that. Um, and you can do like the quick draw. I know you've got in Ghost of Tsushima where, you, you know, normally what you would start off a fight with, you can actually do that mid fight because he's so That's quick. Cool. Yeah. And you can kind of like bait people in um, to thinking, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's a way I, but <laughs> they just walk towards you and obviously you've got your sword away. And it feels cool to do that kind of like quick draw thing. Um, but yeah, having the stances is really cool. Um, I, it's especially cool because one of the things that I always, always moan about in Souls-like is small enemies and not being able to hit them. And it's a thing that I moan about in other games, but when a, when a game is rock hard difficult anyway, having small enemies that you literally, your, your hitboxes are just missing each other, it really frustrates me. And then you have this low stance and you're not worried about it anymore. Suddenly you're hitting things on the ground, you know, because you're purposely targeting low. Um, low stance acts as like a really quick stance mid, uh, mid axes like kind of your middle ground and then high is very like slow um and there's lots of different weapons in this game as well and it's really like diverse you've got spears kind of battle axes um you can have dual katanas i mean single katana what do you think i run uh, oh i guarantee katana. it's single katana yeah yeah and what so stance vanilla. do you think i use 90 well, percent of the, the time the, the most basic one mid yeah <laughs> the oh, middle ground. i definitely yeah. use the dual katana literally but but the idea of the game is like and i've watched um i like to go online and just i'm really sad i watch people that like um kind of like, i would consider myself quite good at the game but i play it as i said very vanilla i like to go on and as see always all the different like things people can do with the game um, because you can switch stances literally like mid combat mid attack you know you, you literally just can like switch you can style switch on them yeah and there's like really cool abilities um in the game and some, some like i don't really use that many abilities there are a few that i have kind of delved into um but they're very basic obviously um but yeah the, the abilities and the fact that you can kind of switch weapons on the fly as well so you can kind of chain combos with weapons is really cool and it brings it into the, the next thing that they kind of do which is unique and that is in these games you have a stamina bar and that stamina bar you know obviously is there for for dodging and attacking um you know and you have to manage that this game takes it one step further and and stamina almost becomes your health in this game and i really oh like my. that because i love stamina management um and Stress what they basically do is they give you a way to actually manage the stamina so when you attack your your stamina bar will go down or when you dodge um, but it'll only work with attacks, this, this, um, this kind of concept they built. Um, so when you attack, your stamina bar will go down, but you'll have a, um, like a red bar behind it. And then it will f like, there'll be a white bar that fills back up to that, you know, to the, to the top of where you started attacking from or slightly less. And if you um, press 
what's called a key pulse um, at that exact time because your stamina is called a you know, key because it's Japanese and of course it wouldn't be called stamina. Um, <laughs> if you press the, the actual button for it, so you know, mine's bound to LB, um, if you press it at that perfect timing, you'll get a, uh, a key pulse. And what that will do is your pulse, like you, you let out a little pulse and your stamina will instantly refill back to that point without the need to actually wait for it to come back. So it gives you that extra layer of, of kind of in combat of like, I've had fights where I've realized I've not watched the enemy. I've watched my key the whole time. <laughs> and, and like, it sounds really boring, but it was really fun because all I was doing is I was listening for the attack cues and watching my key bar so I could get perfect key management and, and absolutely wreck them. And I love the fact that I play this so, so differently to, mm. to Dark Souls. Play, I'm constantly... you, you, it sounds like you play it like a very traditional like swordsman. Yeah, exactly. And you're very, you know, you're timing, you're, you're managing combos and attacks. And it's, um, to give you reference, like it's Samurai made... Jack. <laughs> I have, I, I can't make that comparison for I haven't even watched nor played any Samurai Jack. Ah, oh, I love but Samurai Jack. I imagine Best cartoon similar. ever. But what I would um, say is that it's made by Koi Tecmo. And do either of you know who Koi Tecmo are? Nope. So they're a very famous Japanese company and I'm pretty sure they made Ninja Gaiden. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I love those games. And on Game Pass. If you like yeah, that kind of combat, that. this is what Neo is basically like. It's oh, very wow, okay. quick. It's very like um, you know hard hitting. You're you're this really fast samurai with loads of different combos. Um, obviously, you don't have quite as many combos um, as something like Ninja Gaiden because that is a hack and slash. Mm. But at the same time, it, it is that like I've played I've played very briefly one of the Ninja Gaiden maybe Black like one of the really early ones when it was on Game Pass, um, and yeah, I can I can see the similarities. You can see that as a company, they they very much like that kind of style, um, mm. and yeah, it, it's a, like a really fun combat system. Um, but the other thing they do, you know, as a game that's different from like other Souls, like is it becomes something that Jack would love. And this is why, like, it's a game that I would heavily recommend to Jack. And then I remember it's a Souls like, and I step away from it. Is there is so much loot. But <laughs> like you literally every enemy will drop something and you can you just like, oh, what's he dropped me? And then it's like, oh, it's a weapon. What kind of weapon? Ass. It's an Odachi. I'm not a fan of Odachis. You know, big, big two handed sword. Like It's basically like a giant katana. Like, <laughs> nah, nah, I think I'll pass. Oh, uh, that I'll... sounds actually a bit of me. Yeah. Like, no, they're, they're the most OP weapon, apparently. But I was like, nope, I will stick with my little katana and moan about it the whole way through the game. <laughs> Bradley, just a really good question. How is the game spelled? Like the name of the game? Because it's uh, not spelled. Neo, so N-I-O-H. O-H, yeah. Because I knew there was a reason I couldn't pronounce it because I knew it didn't look like Neo, like, yeah. as in how I would spell it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it, Neo from the Matrix. Is yeah, it not that kind. Is it two or just one? One. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. So I, I kind of came away from it. And the reason I came back to it is not only because I'm into Souls Light, but because I really, really want to play Neo 2. But I can't justify playing Neo 2 if I didn't enjoy 1. Even though, it, you know, I've done that before. I've enjoyed the sequel, but not enjoyed. Um, yeah, but that's kind of like one. saying, I uh, like, human. you said Dark Souls 3 is the best. That's like you playing 2 and being like, oh, I didn't enjoy 2, so not playing I 3. I didn't. Yeah, but th that's the weird thing. The first ever Souls like I played is Dark Souls 2. <laughs> oh. and i didn't like it and then i saw three and went that looks phenomenal i'm gonna play that and then fell in love um 
but it, it's one of those things so i was like right no i will enjoy because they look very similar neo one and two uh, and they're on the same engine so i was like it's going to be similar if i don't like one i'm not going to like two and i've gone back to it and i'm so glad i went mm. back to it i've had such a good time uh, as well as on... a stressful time are they on all the platforms, Bradley? No, or? so it was a PlayStation exclusive and now it's on <sighs> PC. So what they do is they Damn wait till it. all their DLCs come out and then release on P- PC. This is interesting. Um, just quickly, sorry, this is interesting. I don't really know enough, obviously, to know where you'd stand in this, Bradley, but there's at the top story, because I searched um, number two up, and the, mm-hmm. the top story is headlined, stop playing this game as if it's the Souls-like, even if it may walk and talk like one. Yeah, exactly. And that, that is the point. You know, I had to kind of like, I wasn't very good at first because like, you know, I'm playing it very Souls-like. And, yeah. And and it's it's like, no, that's not really going to cut it. You need to start learning the new things or yeah. you're going to, you know, you're going to fall. Because yeah. I wasn't really using key pulse. So I was like, I'll just wait for my stamina. And then it was like, oh God, no, I cannot wait for my stamina. I need use key pulse they also have really cool tech with the key pulse so certain um enemies these monster enemies um will release this kind of stamina uh it will basically block you from you know recovering stamina and it's like this little aura and they have really cool effects in the game and it looks really nice um and the only way to actually cleanse it is called a purification and what that is if you get a perfect key pulse it will actually cleanse that uh, that kind of I don't even know what the name of it is, but I'm just always like, it's the, it's the gross thing that blocks my stamina. Um, and then those enemies are in the whole game. But if you get that perfect key pulse, it will actually um, cleanse it. So you have to get really good at perfect key pulse. And the thing I was thinking about earlier, because I was kind of thinking, I don't ever like write up anything for my reviews anymore because I like to do them like on the spot. Mm, free um, flow, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like it's more Though natural. I always and... forget certain aspects afterwards oh yeah like, Damn it, I I'm should like, have spoke about oh that. yeah but you know I, I just deal with that because otherwise I, I'm like too scripted but one of the things I was trying to compare the key pulse to is um in, in my head I was like something they both played and they'd know and it was Gears of War <laughs> the oh, reloading yeah. oh yeah oh That's, god so it's what, so satisfying perfect exactly. reload baby Ooh. so because Double there's also a up, like, the different, exactly and there's different passives <laughs> it's just gone so <laughs> hype it was <laughs> so one of the passives that i have is every time you do a perfect one so it's when it touches the very top and then you press it um that's the other thing is the reason i compared it to gears Wars because you can also do it before it reaches the top um you know just to gain a little bit back but not gain the full thing back um but one of the abilities i've got is that i do extra damage um after i get a perfect pulse so it is like that, that feeling of Gears of War of being like, nice, perfect pulse, mm-hmm. back it's in so for satisfying. the attacks. You feel like um, a god, just like, perfect reload, perfect yeah. reload. I know that feeling, and it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it, good. it's good. It, it's such a good, it's so frustrating, don't get me wrong, and I, I don't know whether I could recommend it to you because it is so, so frustrating, and there's been points where I've just like wanted to scream because basically throughout the whole game, you have about one to two hits. Oh, and then death. Yep, most is a one oh. shot, and that's that's been the most painful thing for me because in Dark Souls, even on the lightest builds, you will have more than one hit in you. But in Neo, you will rarely have more than one hit with you, uh, in you. And yeah, I've that game would frustrate me too much. Oh my god, the frustration! I'd probably cry. It's, it's like there, there's been points like you know where you're just like. I thought so, Ghost Runner was frustrating. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's the walk back for me in, in Souls like It's always the walk yeah. back. It's the walk of shame. You know, you failed and you have to walk all the way back. But the the la- probably the last thing I'll talk about is um, what they do really well in this first game, and it adds another layer. And you get these things. So the kind of design of the game is really cool because it has all this like Japanese mythology in it and legend. Um, and there's these spirits, and you can get um, you can kind of collect these spirits in a way um, by playing through the campaign and you can choose which spirit to to have and what it will do is each one gives you different passives um but what what also happens is throughout the level as you kind of get hits and kills and things you'll charge up what's called a living weapon and then um at a certain point you can you can activate it as soon as it's filled and your weapon will kind of envelop in whatever the spirit is and you'll have like this really ott japanese you know like like mine i used again like the first one i've never changed it but you get this massive flame sword and it's like this um this kind of like a wolf dog spirit um called kato and he envelops your whole weapon your whole health bar becomes the weapon so you can't die during that mode you can just lose your weapon faster so it's one of those things that when you are struggling with a boss so what i always do is i always wait till i'm about third health of the boss and then you pop that weapon and you're like let's go we've got this and you can't die you you just go full-on aggression just smacking that boss yeah exactly but you know you still need to be a little bit careful because the more you get hit the quicker your weapon will go away because like i said it takes over your stamina and your health so yes, you can't die, but the more you get hit, the faster it will go. So again, it still has some cool management. Um, but I think that again just adds so such a nice little layer. And you know, all of the things I've talked about just build up to a, an experience that is nothing like, you know, Dark Souls, where it's this really slow, heavy, shield up kind of push forward. This is like so fast in your face. Like I said one the the perfect way to describe how fast it is is I said yesterday I did not know that some attacks in this game I can dodge out of the way of and back into the way of and get hit. <laughs> <laughs> so your character is that fast that you can dodge out the way, back in the way, and I got hit by the attack and was like, brilliant. That was really smart on my part. You know, when you're just like, you know, you're just panic pressing B. Panic yeah. about it, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, but it was the fact I landed perfectly back into his axe and I was just like, wow. Uh, that's on me isn't it but um yeah it is so good and i like i wish in a way that there was difficulty settings because mm-hmm. this game would be so good for for both of you i think even if like I've, I've never cared about stories in souls like like i like that they have these really cool like worlds mm-hmm. and yeah. i've always and the appreciated stories the kind of vague yeah and I, I like that and i've been never really been one to listen to all the kind of dialogue and things but this game actually had me interested in the cutscenes as well like they have these you know, that's cool it's all japanese voice acted which i've always been a fan of you know the subtitles obviously i'm not just trying to follow along um no and and <laughs> I, I, I just sit there <laughs> i'm just sitting there and i'm like i actually like these characters and it's really weird because normally i would not care i'd be like right get me back in where's the next boss but in this game i was actually like this Let is actually quite interesting room. it's set in the 1600s in japan and then it's kind of like you know let me vanilla room, yeah. Oh, 1600s. That's a cool word. Exactly. And like, that's where we are kind of at a point where, you know, samurai are kind of, you know, uh, they're, they're kind of moving on a bit. Yeah. And they're still like really heavily used, but there's like, we're now at it's a point the where dawn guns of, are being yeah, brought in. And, and like, you time, can use them. Because that's like the other thing is there's soul like, souls like where you can actually, you permanently have a ranged weapon as well, which is kind of weird, but I always avoid using it because it consumes arrows and. 
bullets oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not it's too, it's too out of the... It's too stressful. Yeah. It's too chocolate or It's this yeah. game's it's... version of salts, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, to be fair, the, the ranged would be really OP, but you just have to make sure you have enough arrows and, and bullets and stuff. Um, I have a question for you, Bradley. Go for it. You're the quiz master this week. <laughs> is there any chance it's related to what you've been talking about? No, yes. Yes, of course it is. Um, it. And which is why I try and avoid too much. It's, it, you know, it kind of, whenever I'm like, okay, oh, quiz. I take, I take notes when you're, when you're doing your Yeah, but that's, that's purposely no, why I'm joking, I, I, don't, I don't really. No, I know you wouldn't, but like in my head, I'm like. It's Jake, you're too lazy me. to take notes. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. I really am, yeah. Would you like to move on to the quiz? If you're yeah. ready to. Uh, I mean, if, if you, unless you've got anything else to say, yeah. No, I, I loved it. I have finished it. I'm just, because you get the complete editions on PC, I'm just now playing through the DLC. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those games that like, I knew that if I stuck at it, it would be worth it. Do you and know that that, that, is, that that review has made me even more so want you to be able to play ghost of Tsushima because <laughs> oh, i know i know what how much you will adore it. oh oh absolutely I, do you know i'm thinking can, of replaying can, it from can start. he do it can he vanilla his way through that though jack oh, of course ghost Tsushima, one million percent he, yeah. he could what's he what, could what would you say through. is the vanilla style in ghost of Tsushima? The, the vanilla style what, um, what? i think he'll switch up stance because that doesn't that's not yeah like that, that's what i mean like i play vanilla yeah, because so that's like, like that, vanilla's like a sword. Well, the way the way for me for Bradley's vanilla playthrough will be that he probably won't buy half the skill tree. Um, like yep. because I'll like, buy as the, many passives as possible. Yeah, like all the <laughs> passive stuff for health and that. But then aside from that, health and damage like that. Yeah, damage. It will literally be like he's you get like I can't remember because it's been a while since I played it. But one of your skill trees is more focused on like um the the um the ghost abilities and one mm-hmm. of them is more focused on like, the actual fighting abilities i gave up and stealth he's, i don't have time ghost. for stealth well put it this way for me bradley when i played the game and i love stealth um i finished the whole skill tree but and then just because i had extra points used the ghost tree because i didn't really think it was that necessary oh. um so even i didn't but i think you'll play that game so vanilla in the sense that you will just i think you'll stick to the the, the normal stance mid stance i can't remember what it's called on the fair sword stance i i know you'll stick to that yeah. for 90 percent of the game probably um and because <laughs> it's your first one and the thing is I, like i find whatever works and i will make it powerful yeah. and yeah, that's what yeah. i've done in neo i've got to a point where like alexa was watching me and she was like wow how did you do that and i was like Pfft so good at this game now. and also like, <laughs> and also i know for you. a fact you will not use like the throwing knight like oh, the throwing knight no. or the bow and arrow or anything like that it will depends is the arrows auto refill uh no no probably not then no. i bet you that's why you liked um immortals phoenix rising wasn't it yeah in that the, the arrows so, refill i'd never use that because they were so no, weak they were weak yeah, yeah so weak well, that's yeah. why they refill instantly though isn't it yeah <laughs> but but anyway yeah, that's why i like yeah. simple games that don't make me worry about Resources. I just mean, I just mean for the sense of you'll play it to play it obviously efficiently, but I know you will not be able to play that game without getting so involved in that storyline. And oh, when you get God, to the yeah. end of it, I hope you sob like I did. I just want it on PC. Yeah, what, why can we get Horizon and Neo, but we can't get that? Yeah. I saw a picture of of someone they posted. Um, there they were like the Holy Trinity, and it was yeah. Sekiro, Ghost of Tsushima, and then yeah, Neo, yeah, the complete yeah. edition with both of them. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> And you haven't even played it. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. But, no. Like it's one of those games you just know. It's yeah. like the, you know, it's like Elden Ring. It, it can't, it can't let me down. There's no way. Well, how? 
try. Um, like, <laughs> I feel like, like you'll be um, pleased with anything, when you? <laughs> yeah, well, they're like, uh, the director of Dark Souls 2 is actually going to take over on this one. I'm like, well, there you go. Found a way. <laughs> found a way through, it? But yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah when the day you both get to play that game all the way through, I will be so happy to talk about it. I'm yeah, that'll be a really it. fun uh, spoiler discussion. Oh, 100%. It'll probably be like three years later and everyone yeah. will be like, oh my God, that game is so not current anymore. And we're just like, yeah. so ghost of what now? Discussion. <laughs> They're the next like three ghosts installment. Oh, but I like, I like how we're always well behind on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this came out in 2017. I'm like, yeah, this is my current review. <laughs> but moving on to, to the quiz Please. then, the final segment. So as Jack has so astutely worked out, it will be um, based around neo and kind of you know i threw in quite a few japanese mythology questions because uh, there's a lot of it in there and, and that's kind of again what it does differently to the other two is it, it really is heavily focused on um you know that kind of side of, of japan you know the legend as well as um just kind of what was going on the actual historical um setting of the 1600s in japan so i thought it'd be really fun to, to kind of bring that in um and I would like to start off, which again, this was, so I never told you who the protagonist was and I purposely did this so that I could ask, who is the protagonist in Neo? Is it William Wallace, <laughs> Billy D. Williams or William Adams? What was the second one? Sorry, say it again. Billy D. Williams. William Wallace, Billy D. Williams or William Adams? I'm going to go with William Adams. Jack? I was going to say William Adams. So that's what you're going gonna, gonna to make it interesting? Or you... No, because no, that's what I wanted to go for. And I, I just, go with I, your gut, boy. Go on. Okay, it is William Adams. Uh, you know, this was meant to be the easy I, question. Yeah, I was kind of thinking more on the lines of that two of the answers had William well, one's it. One's a star actor, did. right? Yeah, Billy D. Williams. Yeah. The reason is, is Alexis was talking about him today, and I was like, oh, I'll put him in the quiz because he's got William in his name. Yeah, that's but that's <laughs> the kind first of... one was William Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously yeah. very far. Yeah. There yeah, we go. Why I was, yeah, but that's what I was kind of thinking. There's no, that's not. They're surely they can't. I mean, it would be yeah. hilarious if there was just the main character was just a giant Scottish man with well, like the, ginger hair. Funny and, like, you should say that. Sword. There is a reason I put him in there, not just because his name is William, but because he is kind of like a historical figure. Hmm. William Adams is a real historical figure. Oh, okay. He is, cool. he is uh, an English navigator who was the first Englishman to reach Japan. Oh. And mad. you play as him. So you actually kind of have this major exaggeration and, you know, alteration of what his life could have been in Japan. Hmm. Um, you know, you kind of go there and you start, kind of helping uh to to you know fight these wars within japan um and this this real figure was known as unjin um which means the pilot because he was um you know the, the captain of his ship mm-hmm. so that's it, really cool quite, yeah and it's quite cool that you actually do get to play as someone from you know history he's very different um he's actually irish in the game i don't know why he was born in gillingham so don't know why Probably they, just the they wanted a bit of maybe they just wanted a bit of like fun or a bit i think of, it's because like, the villain is british like english british again so right so they i think it's a case that they were like yeah. they were like no english people are villains <laughs> so you've seen from... the original star wars <laughs> <laughs> so we need someone who's from the uk but not english <laughs> <laughs> irish done <laughs> so yeah it really cool you know 
major changes obviously but it, you know it's just cool because i also learned about william adams and i love it when i learn things about history yeah. and games um so moving on to question two what is the name of the first boss in neo so you know this is this is just going to be something you're going to have to try and work out is it yuki Ona, Derek the executioner or white tiger white tiger i'm going for we have him again yuki Ona. Derek the Executioner or White Tiger? Who is the first boss in Neo? I'll go with the first option. I'm so glad that I threw you both. I purpose like it's Derek the Executioner. I, I make all these questions myself, and I perfect, purposely yeah. like try my best to throw. Yeah, and I was yeah, like yeah. very you Japanese. Get vindictive name. glee out of it. Stupid sounding name. Yeah, Japanese kind of related things. Like I was yeah, White Tiger. I was thinking, but I was they thinking are all what, bosses. Yeah, but I was thinking they're all bosses. But yeah. the first person you ever fight is Derek. Derek. And yeah, the reason I, I I tried to give you a hint by telling you that he's from the UK, and the game actually yeah. starts in the UK. Right. So that makes so much more sense. Yeah, so that you actually start in the Tower of London and you have to leave the Tower of London. You know, you have to escape because you're held prisoner. And the first person you fight is Derek the Executioner. Derek, good old Derek. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, hey, there's no way that He's from London. He looks off a tower, don't you love? Oh, no. <laughs> right, so um, this is uh, the next question. This was actually meant to be in the second slot, but I didn't ever change them around. Because um, I'm hoping that you know. So what does the term yokai mean? Is it a class of supernatural monsters and spirits? Spiritual barriers that protect our realm from bad things? Or a form of meditation that increases key? So what does the term yokai mean? So it's either a barrier between the, the planes of existence, uh, spirits, did you say, or spirits something or to manage your key? Yeah, or meditation that increases key. What was the name of it again? Yokai. Yokai. I'm gonna go with meditation. It increases in increases your key. Chris? That was where I was leaning as well. Uh, oh um Is it interesting. Uh, no, I, I I that's that's what my gut was telling me. So I'm going with my gut. You're both wrong again. Damn it. Oh was I it thought spirits? you heard of this. So it's, yeah, it's the supernatural monsters and spirits. And this is why I like, you know, I threw you again with the, the well-crafted answers. Um, so yokai are basically all the things in their mythology that are kind of, you know, these supernatural monsters and spirits. Um, and have you ever heard of Onis? Yeah, yeah, I have. So they are forms of yokai. So they're like demons, you know, and that is part of that massive umbrella of yokai. I thought they're, they were just called Onis. No, yeah, they are. They are like that's their classification that they are onis, but they're all part of this big broad term of yokai, which is their supernatural monsters. So, you know, it's quite a little like weird because I didn't know the difference. I thought they were a separate thing as well, but yokai is just a term for any sort of supernatural monster and spirit yeah. in their mythology. Yeah. I thought that's something you might new every to... day, mate. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now you know that. Next question. And hopefully the listeners have learned. Yeah, well, that's why I wanted to do a lot on the mythology rather than just on Neo, especially because so much of it is heavily tied in. So next one will be fun. Kappas are, are a form of yokai. So there you go. You've got, we've just discovered a form of yokai. What is one thing that they are known to do? Is it release gaseous clouds that cause people nearby to become sleepy? <laughs> Act like Japanese leprechauns, see <laughs> you to nearby treasure? Or remove a small mythical ball 
is said to contain the soul, uh, and that's actually located in the anus. Nice. Oh, for goodness sake. And what is the name of them? Kappa. Kappa, yeah. And the worst thing is, is that all three of those answers sound equally as stupid and could equally all yeah, be right. Yeah, again, well-crafted answers. I mean, I don't trust his second one. I feel like it's got to be between the first and well, the, the third. The leprechauns, yeah. I, I, I thought that. But then I thought about the game and I thought I can imagine you have these things that help lead you to treasure. Um, <laughs> he said there's a lot of loot as well. Um, but I don't want to believe they act like leprechauns. But then he said Irish as well. But then is he throwing me off? Um, I think I'm going to go with the gases, the first one. I'm going to go with, um, what was the last one? Oh, the, uh, the souls. Uh, yeah. Anus. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, do you know what? I'm just going to throw it all out there. I'm not doing well on this quiz anyway. I'm going to go with the leprechauns. <laughs> both wrong again. Oh, no. Oh, is it the soul in the anus? Yeah, so basically, basically, like, Japanese kind of had this, you know, again, part of their mythology that kind of, the weird thinking that there was a oh, small ball it. located within inside the butthole and it contained your soul. And so if you went anywhere near kind of swamps where cappers were hanging out, they kind of pin you down. And apparently they were really good wrestling for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> they pin you down and shove the hands, you know, and grab oh, your soul no. and take it with them. And then obviously you'd be left without your soul. And there's, I, I wouldn't recommend Googling it, but there's a load of images online of what that kind of is depicted as. Yeah. I mean, I um, think I'm good. Yeah, but um, yeah, the funny thing is, Jack, you and no, it had... will not be in the artwork. No, definitely not. You actually had the right idea in the game. They normally have really good loot on them. Yeah, they don't do the same thing that they they don't do any of the kind of anus ball thing. They, they kind of just have <laughs> the these shells and just try and like smack you with them. Um, but they normally have really good loot in them, so they are kind of you know you're on the right track. Is either. there any way that could be the episode name title? Yeah, yeah, thing. <laughs> Imagine how many people would listen just out of curiosity and just wondering where that Imagine came. how many li- listeners we'd lose. So, yeah. wait, you're both on one out of four, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, God. Right. So, this could be the decider. Okay. Are you ready? Uh huh. The Yamata no Orochi is a famous yokai legend. What is the creature within said legend? Is it a massive eight headed serpent? Mm-hmm. An ancient ox that guards the entrance to the underworld, mm-hmm. or a mouse god that paints. I oh, think it's the serpent, so... isn't it? I think it's the serpent. I feel like it's the serpent. I I, I vaguely just, I, I just feel like that sounds straight. Like uh, yeah, yeah, I, I could be completely wrong. Orochi. I would have gone with the serpent, but just to make it interesting, I'm going to go with the um. What was the last option? The mouse, <laughs> mouse god that paints. But what was the question again? Read it again. The Yamata no Orochi is a famous yokai legend. What is the creature in said legend? Yeah, I'm going to go with the god that paints. Mouse god that paints. Oh, Jack. Chris has actually... He's got it. Yeah, I was I really, I was really hoping... Just in case. I was really hoping you would get it, Jack, because the, the Yamata no Orochi... And I didn't know whether you actually knew what the Orochi was... No, I knew, I picked up on that. I picked up on it. On so that's the, why I made sure to say yeah, it so that you could, because yeah, I knew you I picked would, up on it, but I didn't yeah, know what it, they, it, yeah. It's, it's a serpent, it's a snake. And I thought you'd know yeah. that because that was like the class, you know, it was the very class, quick yeah. to attack and, yeah. and back up. I, I knew I I'd heard it, but I knew, I, I felt like I'd heard that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To do with the big snake thing. But um, 
relatively uh, okay. Is, is that Bradley? You got to tell me though. Is that mouse god um, real oh, thing? No, uh, that was the only one that Alexa came up with actually. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, no. God damn it, Alexa. I came up. With, I always come up with all the other answers because I feel like I'm I'm really good at like placing them. But yeah, I went. Oh, I need. That one was more. convincing though. I that was convincing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing was out of that guards the. I did. To the I did. World. Yeah, I did. I but you know what it was. It in my head. Like, so could I, I. But I just yeah, didn't think I it would like, be called that. I, I didn't think. Felt yeah. like, I I didn't feel like oxes had enough significance to Japan Japan as a culture, so I immediately. True. Put that a mouse that paints, brain. but apparently a mouse paints does. <laughs> True. Well, I it's just you, I can picture the spirit. Come on, if, there's if souls in people's bum holes. Like, come on, it's not strange yeah. to say they'd have a mouse who paints, is it? No. Oh True. no, they pro- they they might do. It's just not that specific legend. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, god, this was fun. It was a yeah, it was an interesting deep dive into uh, the uh, wacky ancient Japanese, culture, ancient Japanese yeah. myths. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so souls in your buttholes. Yeah, so be careful, protect them. Don't, yeah, go to thoughts is protect your anuses from cappers. <laughs> Don't trust them. <laughs> be, be careful on those walks. Following that. On those Jeez. quarantine walks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have some really interesting things, like uh, just kind of, I don't know how you would come up with these things, you know, like where do, where do they, it's just so strange. Like at least other mythologies and stuff have sort of, you know, yeah, there's like some them. sort of story, some sort of like. So who's like? There's a there's a ball, and it's got your soul in it. And, <laughs> do you know where it is? Where in your own butt? So be careful. And <laughs> yeah. There's also Clench your butt cheeks. ogre thing that will come for it if you're not careful. <laughs> it's it's like someone's drunk and rambling on, you know, just like making. Like, do you wonder? Out. Maybe that's how I feel. Like maybe that's probably how most mythology started. <laughs> yeah, just some drunk, drunk dude. Like, so have you ever met one of them little ogres? He goes after your soul. He does. Where, where's yeah. that? Is he bum? <laughs> bum. He's like, you're not like Rick, Rick and Morty, like when you burp. When he talks when he's drunk. <laughs> you know, in he's, he's in your butthole. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. Okay, well, we're all 12, as you can clearly tell. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like on that bombshell, uh, that, yeah. that should be the end of the show, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, stay <laughs> safe and clench right. your butt. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Bye, guys. guys. See you next Bye. time. Bye. See you later. <laughs>